Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And if we want to continue to enjoy our lives, we need to be mindful of caring for both our bodies and our health. And on that note, our guest today is going to share some fascinating science on how our cells communicate with one another, and even more, the way these interactions impact our immune systems our moods, and even the numbers on the scale. Dr. John Leaf is a nationally recognized neuroscientist, a lecturer, and has also become a media personality. His career spans 40 years, and Dr. Leaf is considered a leading pioneer in several medical fields, including geriatric psychiatry, brain injury, computer applications in psychiatry, and the integration of medicine, psychiatry, and neurology. So you know this guy is really thoroughly studied in all of these various sciences. But lucky for us, Dr. Leaf is also going to be telling us about his soon-to-be-released book. It's called The Secret Language of Cells, and I cannot wait to get started. So welcome, Dr. Leaf. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Well, I, I want to start saying that, you know, I would never in my wildest dreams would have thought that I that there's such a thing as cellular communication science. And even better, I am speaking with the gentleman who literally wrote the book. But for me and my audience, I would like to start out with the basics because between the two of us, you're the only one with an MD after your name. Uh, so what exactly is cellular communication science? And tell us a little bit about how you're your findings have evolved over the years. Okay, well, um, most people know that neurons in the brain send signals to each other through circuits. Um, what has evolved uh, through the science is that all cells do that. So it's not just neurons, but it's blood cells and uh, capillary cells and immune cells and gut cells. And these cells are all talking to each other. And it used to be thought, like if you were going to study the kidney, you would study the kidney. You look at the cells of the kidney. But now, with this new science, it's clear that decisions are made by the kidney cells using signals and communications throughout the body. So they will be getting signals from neurons, from immune cells, from uh, blood vessel cells, and Local decisions are not made locally, really. They're made through these uh, signaling channels. And this has created a whole new way to get treatments. So, for example, we now know where to look. It's a little more complicated because you don't just study one cell. But now we know that if we can find the signals between the cells, you can create new treatments. These are occurring all through medicine. The most well-known are, are with cancer where T-cells are uh, naturally talk with cancer cells. Also, microbes naturally talk with cancer cells. And therefore, by in learning what those conversations are, we can alter the conversations, we can alter them, and use those signals to fight the cancer. This is occurring really throughout the body. Um, uh, 
just so as, I example, mean, the, the whole idea, I'm, I'm catching my breath here because this whole idea is so new and so amazing. And yet, I mean, the way you're, you know, you're actually be, being able to apply this too, or, or I mean, physicians out there in the field. Yes. Well, the, a lot of the new, most of the new advanced medical treatments will be come from this science. They'll be coming from when we learn exactly like for example when a cancer cell wants to create a metastatic colony it sends signals through a um they fill a little vesicle a little sac filled with molecules and they send this in the blood and it lands in the new area and that influences these signals influence the local cells and they make it a, a comfortable place for the uh, cancer cells to arrive um the cancer cells manipulate the local cells around them through these signals and they get them to help them they'll create new blood vessels so the more we learn in fact these sacs these called exosomes are actually already a major diagnostic tool that if you measure these in the blood you can tell that the cancer is talking to other areas um, but it, it goes throughout the whole body um, it involves food allergies it involves infections in the gut. Uh, I could go on. And, and the brain, of course, the communication of the immune system and the brain is a huge thing that's, that will affect psychiatry as well as um, neurodegenerative illnesses. Well, and that brings me to, or brings us to another point, because we have, you know, of course, it depending on whether you take more of a spiritual approach or a more medical, science-based approach, the mind-body connection or the brain-body connection is highly integrated. But we hadn't realized to what level until until you started finding out this research. Yes, it's actually you can't even separate um, the brain and the immune system, the brain and the body, the mind. Uh, of course, we don't know what mind is, so we can't define it. But if you assume that mind has something to do with the brain, then you now have to assume that the mind has to do with all the body cells, not just the central nervous system. But for I'll give just a couple, it, the, the communication is constant. In one direction, you have T cells that people know about T cells through cancer treatment, but these are the master regulators of the immune system, and they send signals to uh, to the brain back and forth, and both the brain and the immune cells sense emotional states, isolation, but also infections, uh, trauma. Together, they're looking at all these things that, 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 that are occurring and sending signals. So, for example, the T cells send signals that tr trigger new neurons in the memory centers of the brain. A small number of new uh, neurons are created every day, about 700, and they uh, become the new memories. So you need these cells being produced, but these are produced with signals from the T cells that aren't really right there. They're far away in, in, in another part of the, of the body. But when, when stress occurs, they may send more signals for acute stress where you can have actual increased learning and memory uh, during acute stress. But if the stress becomes constant and chronic, then the signals decrease the new uh, memory cells, and this occurs both in chronic stress and in depression. Uh, so this is one type of signal. Another signal is when we get sick, 
and we have an infection, the T cell tells the brain cell, you're sick, you need to calm down, we need to rest. So it creates what's called, it tells the brain cell to create what's called the sick feeling, which is that lousy feeling where you have to lie down and take care of yourself. Um, when the infection is over, the T cell tells the brain cell, uh, it's okay now, now we'll have normal cognition, normal thinking. Um, so that's one direction. Now in the other direction, the neurons have effects on immune cells through local uh, signaling. In, in, uh, so at the end of the neuron, it sends a signal into the tissue which hits an immune cell which has an effect. Understanding these, they're called neuroimmune reflexes or responses, Understanding those is a way you can understand how meditation and other spiritual things causes improved immune system. Up until now, we've never really understood how that could occur. We've understood that meditation affects the brain and causes some positive uh, effects there. We've understood it lowers heart rate and breathing through the vagus nerve, but we never understood how it could change immune system, but now we know that same vagus nerve interacts in these new neuroimmune communications, and that would be the effect of the meditation on, um, on immunity, which it does improve it over time. Wow. As I said, I, my mouth has been hanging open ever since we started. This is just really uh, mind-blowing to me, as a, using a scientific term, mind-blowing, and I'm sure my neurons are <laughs> bouncing all around communicating with each other. Well, one thing, while I've got you, to, to, we hear so much in the last five years about gut health. Uh, you'd mentioned that, you know, the the, neuro, the brain communicates with various cells, but I'm sure, I'm, a, I'm guessing, and I'm fairly well assured that uh, it also happens in our gut, right? The gut is probably the most complicated environment uh, in the body. It's a place where one layer of cells, these lining cells, on the one side in the tissue has all the immune cells and all the action going on, but on the other side is trillions of microbes that it has to deal with. Now, some of the microbes are friendly and help with digestion and help with making vitamins, and some of them are enemies. So this lining cell has to signal back and forth. It signals about a lot of things. One of the things it signals is to tell T cells not to cause food allergies. So, for example, we eat, you know, thousands of new particles of food that some of which the body's never seen before. There may be chemicals in food or various things. Uh, and the T cell could identify that as a foreign object and attack it and cause an in inflammatory disease or a very oh. severe allergic reaction. The local lining cell signals to the T cell, no, don't go after these particles uh, and just wait. Keep things calm until we need you. They also signal to gather a friendly group of microbes near the, the, near the, the edge where the mucus is, and even the viruses are friendly in the mucus. But we actually have viruses that help us uh, in the gut because then when an enemy, uh, uh, a negative bacteria, starts approaching the lining to attack, our friendly microbes and friendly viruses 
near the lining in the mucus attack these enemy microbes. So there's this huge conversation going on. Now, some of the stuff that microbes produce gets into the blood and goes to the brain as signals. So we now know, and elsewhere, we now know. So, so the question was always this. We all know that microbes have great influence on human life. That's becoming out. It's in the news. You know, it's all around us. But why? How could they do this? Well, the reason microbes can influence us so much is that they speak the exact same language as our cells. They understand the signals that are going between our cells, and they engage in the same conversations. So in the future, understanding these signals will not only help gut diseases and cancers, but they'll help brain diseases, psychiatric diseases, diabetes, obesity, all kinds of things come from the signals in the, uh, of the microbes in the gut. Oh, my gosh, Dr. Leaf. Well, uh, before we went on air, I think you said it quite eloquently. You said you felt like you were a translator, in a way, translating all this scientific jargon into language that uh, common people like me could understand. And I have to say, I think our audience has had a real example of what is going to be found in your book. Not only is the information fascinating, but you make it interesting and in, in, in ways that, again, we can engage in the, in the science ourselves and understand it so before we have to leave i know you also have a wonderful website it's filled with articles and research uh resources and also when is your book coming out the secret language of the cells and where can we go to find it well the book is available on all you know uh, amazon indigo all the booksellers have it already uh, it's physically going to arrive for people at on the 22nd uh, in about, what's that, three weeks from now, four weeks from now. Uh, but uh-huh. it's, it can be pre-ordered already on Amazon or any of the other places. Uh, so it's available. It's called The Secret Language of Cells. And my website, so for 10 years what I did is I would take these incredibly dense reviews of immunology, microbiology, uh, neuroscience, and which is filled with jargon and gobbledygook, it's impossible to understand unless you know what all these receptors are and proteins and genes. And and I would translate it into English, and I would produce an article every week. So there are many, many articles that are available on my website over those period of time, and it can be searched by topic. Um, And uh, so it's called Searching for the Mind. and it has articles on animals as well because I was very interested in how animals with small brains like reptiles, birds, and bees could be so um, smart. And then, yeah. of course, I learned how smart ants are and insects and bees, uh, but that led me further to microbes, which also have this surprising abilities to communicate and to make decisions and to do group activities. Well, speaking of brains and minds, I sure would like to spend some time in yours. It must be a fascinating place, Dr. Lee. Well, before we have to go, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners? I know this is a huge topic, but it really is one that I know is going to garner a lot of interest and excitement. Well, it's uh, it's kind of you to say that. I I think it is the future. In other words, um, 
futures. It, it shows where medical science is going, but it also asks the question, what is life? Uh, because we used to think life and intelligence is um, just a cell being able to reproduce, but now we really have to consider life being a cell that can communicate and talk. So where is that, that intelligence in the cell um, has to be a new factor when we think of what life is. Well, okay, <laughs> on that very big and exciting note, we will have to leave. But, uh, Dr. Lee, thank you so much. This is, again, your research is thoroughly uh, on the cutting edge of all sorts of brand-new breakthroughs for us. I can't wait to see what the future holds. And that's nice because it's so depressing, so much depressing news. I'm happy to be <laughs> looking forward to something. Thank you, Dr. Lee. Well, thank you so much. It's very nice of you to have me. And I urge all of you out there, please check out The Secret Language of Cells. As I said, Dr. Leaf has just given us a prime example of the engaging information you're going to find out in that book. Check out his website because we need to keep our own cells busily communicating in ways that are going to keep these interactions as positive as possible so we can stay feisty into our 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond. This is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.